The TNT Shop has great gift ideas for your furry family member. And we don't mean your Aunt Dolores. You stink! The TNT Shop has it all at tntradio.live. Be on the lookout and alert for anything out of the ordinary. Natalie Cheel and Rick Munn. Thank you for your cooperation. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Thank you for your cooperation. No one has even cooperated yet, but we're thanking you in advance. This is TNT, today's news talk. It's Thursday, the 29th of February. We're not going to get a day like this, guys, for at least another four years. Imagine if we're still here in four years' time. We'll look back on today and we'll reflect on how far we've come or how far we have fallen. Yes, it's a leap year, 29th of Feb. Hope you're enjoying it, whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, and of course, whatever you're doing, I hope it's nice. I got a feeling today, feeling in me bones, that this is gonna be a great pair of shows. It is every day, but this one today, oh, the guests, the stories we've got, off the scale so please stay tuned natalie uh we've got geezer paul we've got james goddard we've got Gemma cooper and our little kickoff story i was going to talk about uh moving prices in wendy's uh, in america but this one instead i saw last night still has to do with fast food and it's going to link in with what Gemma's going to talk about because we talk about problems a lot here in dnt and people are always saying well why don't you give us solutions you're always talking about the problems why don't you give us solutions well here's some solutions for you this morning so burger king russia if you're going to mess around out there kids and i know there's some kids listening impressionable kids are listening don't mess around in burger king in russia that's my advice to you a burger king worker has been arrested after he was filmed slapping a schoolboy and forcing him to mop the floor after throwing his drink around the premises the incident happened in the kursk western russia's oblast region the unnamed employee apparently told the police he wanted to teach the boy a lesson and his friends but he didn't know his own strength he said i just wanted to teach him a lesson they have been coming into my restaurant for and misbehaving for over a year they ignored our request to behave we have always tried to be nice but it was in vain the police said uh they're checking the circumstances the employee can be heard saying you take them up in russian probably sounded something like that very aggressive language sounded a bit african yeah but you know russian give me a break here so he said uh okay i'm cleaning the floor then he slapped the boy when he began to laugh then he went over thrust the broom into his little friend's hand and said now you clean up the rest of the mess and they were looking very very sheepish indeed so of course of course we don't advocate that type of behavior in any way shape or form here on tnt but guess what it kind of got the job done and i would say those little toe rags won't be anywhere near that restaurant again anytime soon and they surely won't be throwing their dad coke and ice all over the floor to aggravate the workers what do you think not like did he go too far or maybe he was just having a bad day and they just pushed him they just pushed him over the edge yeah, um, I think uh, taking uh, it into your own hands and uh, doing violence every single time you get angry, get angry at your customers probably isn't the best thing. Can you imagine if we did that across the country? It's probably not the best idea. I wonder if he did get suspended, though, because if that incident obviously was in 
in the UK or the US, um, I'm sure uh, he'd uh, not only get disciplinary, but the police would be involved. Uh, uh, maybe different in Russia. Who knows? Uh, but I think it does at least show uh, that people are frustrated. Uh, they talk about like a war between the West and Russia. But it seems maybe people in the Russia is just as frustrated as we are in the West. Everybody's had enough. We're all at the end of our know. tether. We're all just just on that edge. Mm. So don't push anyone over because uh, no. uh, otherwise you might careful. get violence. Someone yeah. out there, you know, we, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes or behind the eyes in your head. And you don't know what's going on with me. And we might be smiling and we might be all happy, happy, but we could be hiding a lot of stress and a lot of pent up anger and frustration. And someone could just say the wrong thing at the wrong time. And we could just explode regrettably. So I think the key is to be nice to people as much as you can. Yeah, just absolutely. be polite. Be courteous to people because you don't know what they're going through. And you're right, by the way, uh, this guy, if it was the UK, they would have arrested him, probably jailed him for life. But if he had been grooming children or trafficking people into the country, he would have probably not even gotten a suspended sentence, probably a stern telling off and released into the general public, but slap a nasty kid in a Burger King. And yeah, you could be facing time in wormwood scrubs. So anyway, uh, this is going to link in a little bit to uh, what Gemma's about to talk about. So please brace yourself. Stay tuned for more here on TNT, today's news talk. Getting straight to the facts. Enough with the lies. We need facts. This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Gemma, I like to ask you provocative questions. Yesterday I asked you if you were a maggot, would you have eaten Matt Hancock's rotting corpse? Well, I'm going to ask you another question today. If you had been working in the Kursk Burger King having a bad day and some little brat came in and flung his dad cook all over the floor, would you have just cleaned it up with a smile on your face and said, have a nice day? Or would you have administered some Russian justice of your own? <laughs> be honest. Come on, be honest. Well, there, there's a kind of the, what you'd like to do and what the reality of the situation is, isn't there? And I think the very fact if I was working in a Burger King, I would be having a bad day full stop because mm -hmm. I gave up eating anything. Like, When was the last time I had anything remotely resembling fast, inverted commas, food? Decades and decades ago. So if I was in there... I think I would be throwing caution to the wind. I'd be saying, if you want to eat that, I'd be force feeding it to them. There you go. There's your punishment. You can have as much as you want. Have it. Have it. <laughs> yeah. Feed him raw, raw burgers until he, he vomits. How's that? And then make him clean up the floor. That would be even better. That would really send a message out to Russia's disenfranchises. And of course, uh, I'm only joking because some people think what I say. I'm being serious here. I'm not. Honestly, Gov, it, I'm not. But yeah, you get the picture, yeah. don't Torture you? Torture news just... today, uh, Rick, today. Torture news yeah, today. We've come up with a lot of different <laughs> themes for this show. But anyway, uh, Gemma, uh, leading on a little bit, uh, and I hope you can see where I'm going with this one, uh, the Extinction Rebellion and the pro-Palestinians are out. They're on the streets. They have been uh, raging around London, causing havoc with their buckets of red paint, attacking insurers. What's going on? What have they got planned today? Well, yeah, I mean, it's our good friends, Extinction Rebellion. We haven't heard from them for quite a while. We've mm. heard a bit of the Just Stop Oil protesters, haven't we? Flinging paint and chaining themselves to works of art and all kinds of things. But ER, XR rather had gone a bit quiet for a while, but not so today. In fact, for the last 48 hours, they've been incredibly active in the city 
of London, and that's the square mile, the centre of London, some which says the financial capital actually of the world, uh, you know, controls the world's finances. So the square mile in London has been subject to activism by uh, Extinction Rebellion protesters since Tuesday, and also being expected to be joined today by pro-Palestinian protesters. But um, Extinction Rebellion, they've been busy. They've been surrounding the insurance offices uh, in the square mile. Uh, they've thrown red paint onto the uh, um, doors of one building. Uh, nine Extinction Rebellion protesters have been arrested. Um, they occupied five uh, insurance offices on Tuesday, and they plan to do more today. Yesterday, they surrounded the famous Lloyd's Insurance Building. And of course, they're saying they want to, uh, it's all because of fossil fuels. They say they want to talk to insurance bosses. They want to get them down and engage in them in conversation about their uh, continued insurance of fossil fuel companies, crooks, they call them, uh, and they say they won't go away until they've achieved their objectives. Now, one of the areas they're allegedly targeting today, according to City Insiders, is the Leadenhall area, which is where you go for a lunchtime pint or an after-work drink. It's a very, and the city, as I'm sure you know, Rick, you were formerly in finances, very social, isn't it? All the traders get together, uh, and it, it's a big bustling part of London, the square mile. Uh, so uh, memos have gone round to insurance companies warning staff today, look, you're likely to be targeted. Extinction Rebellion will probably try one talk to you. They want to get you on side. They want to convert you away from your wicked ways of the insurance firms. Uh, if that happens, don't engage with them. We've employed extra security and we've employed extra police. As I say, pro-Palestinian protesters are also expected to descend on the square mile today, Thursday. Uh, it's not quite sure why or what the kind of links may be between Extinction Rebellion's messaging uh, and the pro-Palestinian protesters. But of course, it does come just just yesterday, weren't we talking about Rishi Sunak and James Cleverly? What's James Cleverly yesterday, the Home Secretary, talking about how he wants to tighten up the laws on protesting. After we were off air yesterday, Rishi Sunak, yesterday afternoon, he came out as well, all guns blazing, and said we must look at protesters in the wake of pro-Palestinian protests specifically, and they are going to tighten up the regulations. And surprise, surprise, we've got this 48 hours still continuing activism in the most historic part of London, the square mile. I think this is going to play right into the lawmakers' hands. And what we see today uh, may well you know, see a, a, a more stringent restrictions on protesting quicker than we would like. Natalie, uh, you know, picture the scene. You're out in Reading. You're with your mates. You know, back in the old days when you used to partake in some alcoholic refreshments. You're sitting there on a nice summer day. You've been stressed out at work. You're having a sip, a little, a little chaser or something, and then Extinction Rebellion descend on the pub and start lecturing you on drinking and supporting fossil fuels uh, and whatnot, uh, what would your reaction be? Would you uh, just sit I, there and wait I, for the police? I'd probably already have more than a few sips. I'd probably get in an argument and the police would be involved and then I'd probably be arrested. So that's let's probably best not to talk about my drinking days. Uh, but uh, I was going to say, you know, the conspiracy theorist in me, nothing happens by coincidence. Um, and uh, if this protest was something we hadn't heard before, if it wasn't Extinction Rebellion, um, you know, it, uh, if it wasn't, you know, a Just Up Oil one, we know they've already been set up in the past for this exact reason. Uh, it looks to me that, you know, we've had a statement yesterday, Rishi Sunak said on X, the events of recent weeks are but the latest and emerging pattern which should not be tolerated. Legitimate protests are being hijacked by extremists to promote and glorify terrorism. The government uh, cannot and must not bend to the threat of violence and intimidation or fall into polarised camps who hate each other. This was actually a statement released on X and and then the next day we get these uh, almost planned protests. Um, I think there'll be problems, just like uh, the uh, same thing happened with the Cenotaph. Uh, 
um, and Remembrance Day, we were told there was going to be problems. There was problems. They are being set up um, to put these emergency laws in place, whether that sounds conspiracy like a conspiracy theorist or not, I do believe it. It'll be all over the headlines tomorrow. They'll then be coming out and saying, oh, look, look at these terrible protests. We need to be uh, have more security. We all need more protection. It's all for your own good. Let me look at more some more emergency laws, Gemma. Has to be done, doesn't it? Well, it yeah. certainly uh, does look that way. And this has been going on since Tuesday, actually. So the Extinction Rebellion has been quite busy for the last 48 hours. It's just it's, it is garnering more headlines now. And I think the reason is, is because they have said they're going to move away from targeting buildings today and they're actually going to go to the drinking quarter of the square mile and target people. And I think that's where the headlines are pushing forward because, you know, it takes one person to get punched or slapped from, from either camp. You know, like you say, Rick, you're having a pint and someone comes to lecture you, you're liable to show, show well, why did I just, I'm, a, I'm a drinker. I come from a drinking background. If you want to rile people up, why don't you go to people who haven't had a few drinks? That's literally, is that not guaranteed to cause problems? That's that, that they're almost, that's why they've done it. They're, they're, somebody's going to get punched. Somebody's going to get arrested. And it probably isn't even the protesters. No, here's the uh, thing. Yeah. Here's the thing. They're, they are uh, just as we're up this one up. They are actually targeting insurance companies at the minute. And uh, uh, of course, we can't advocate, you know, uh, destruction of property. But there's a lot of people out there are not very happy with insurance companies yesterday. And I have to squeeze in an honourable mention to my mother-in-law again. She loves it. The fact that her son-in-law is on the radio. She got her insurance premium renewal through. She's 77 odd years of age. Never had a prank. Four thousand quid four thousand quid for insurance renewal premium and we talk about myocarditis we talk about mrna shots killing off the elderly i fear that this year there's going to be a huge spike in elderly deaths when they get their insurance premium <laughs> renewals she was absolutely spitting chips last night what am i going to do what am i going to do this is ridiculous you have to tell people about this so yes i'm doing it and yes extinction rebellion don't aggravate people when they're having a sup or they're having a pint. But if you want to go to the insurers and give them a yeah. piece of your mind, I'm sure there's a lot of people would actually stand on their doorstep maybe this Thursday night and bang a pot or pan in support because we're all getting it in the neck, Gemma, from the blinking insurance companies. So, yeah, it's a funny, bittersweet story, this one, isn't it? Well, like my granny used to say, oh, no, don't answer the door to insurance men. They're bloody robbers. And I think that that kind yeah. of echoes down the generations, right. doesn't it? I think I think that that does. I used, but, to, be one, yeah. I used to be one myself working for a large oh, insurance company. Yeah, I fleeced many an elderly person when I was a young man and had no conscience about it whatsoever. I was laughing all the way to the bank. But I'm changed now. I'm a reformed character. Natalie doesn't drink anymore. I don't rip off the elderly anymore. And maybe next week, Jen. <laughs> Emma, when you come back, you can confess some of your sins that you've turned away from in confession session on Monday morning. But anyway, uh, what a way to start the show. Or maybe we could keep that for the Christmas special this year. Uh, something definitely to put in your diaries. Plan ahead for that one. We might do a one-hour uh, special with Gemma on that business Fashion. just before Christmas. But we've got to stop right now. I could talk all morning about this business, but we can't. Uh, got to stop, uh, release you back into the real world, Gemma, and uh, usher in the one and only Geezer Paul, who will be joining us after this short break here on TNT, today's news talk. TNT's Tyler Nixon. I think uh, with the people behind her, the never Trumpers and the money flowing in, Whatever their end game is, it doesn't seem that she'll be dropping out even if she loses her, her own state, which uh, 
kind of gives you a sense of the arrogance of power of people who back uh, the Nikki Haley's of the world where the popular uh, support, popular consent doesn't really doesn't really mean anything to them. They're going to they're going to continue forward uh, seeking that power, putting themselves themselves in the mix, regardless of uh, how many spankings or smackdowns they get from uh, from the uh, citizens, you know, from the electorate uh, who are obviously minor, you know, just a sort of a speed bump in the, in the uh, path in the quest for uh, power. Tyler Nixon on today's News Talk TNT. This is generally the view of people, oh, we don't know much about Assange. Well, you should know, because whether you know it or not, he is fighting for you. For your courage and leadership and tenacity in journalism and publishing. Since 2010, Assange has been held in progressively narrower, darker, colder, and crueler spaces. He has been detained since the 7th of December 2010 in one form or another. And we are now here after years of imprisonment. WikiLeaks is a non-state hostile intelligence service. I think the man is a high-tech terrorist. A high-tech terrorist. A traitor, a treasonist. He has to answer for what he has done. Assange faces up to 175 years in prison for publishing classified documents exposing U.S. war crimes. The U.S. government narrative about Julian is a complete fraud. It is a complete fraud from A to Z. Julian took on the most powerful countries in the world, basically all of them. We now have confirmed that there were plans to kidnap Julian here in the center of London, or even assassinate him. No one who instigated that illegal and immoral war has been brought to justice. But the great truth teller sits behind bars. If wars can be started by lies, peace can be started by truth. Julian Assange is a hero. What if everything we thought we knew about somebody was a lie? Would we be willing to go on a new journey of understanding? This is a story of deception, lies, bravery, and a man who risked everything to bring the truth to light. Mr. Assange shows all the symptoms that are typical for a person that has been exposed to psychological torture over a prolonged period of time. He looked at me intensely and said, I hate to say this. He then hesitated, visibly troubled and searching for words. And then he finally said, please, save my life. May future generations have the ability to speak without restraint. May our children and their children know truth and have access to information that leads to justice. Wherever Julian goes, free speech goes with him. If there is a bird that is about to take flight, stretch her wings and rule the skies, may it be a pista and no longer a bald eagle. If you think Assad is a traitor, he's a rapist, he's a narcissist, he's a hacker. I don't blame you because you have been deceived. And if you think you've not been deceived, that's normal because otherwise it wouldn't be deception.
about to, about to hear today's news talk and the voice of freedom. That's what this country's all about. TNT Radio. Yes, you better believe it. It's Thursday, the 29th of February, 2024. We're very happy to be joined this morning live, uncensored, unscripted, and unmanythinged here on Open Line on TNT by the one and only uh, Geezer Paul, a.k.a. Refusenik Paul. Welcome back to the Nut House. Why do you keep coming back on this show? Are you a masochist or what are you? Well, you know, it's nothing on TV, is there? So it's something to do for 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> i love i love your honesty you know i love it i think it's a beautiful thing a very offensive but a very beautiful thing paul uh, welcome back to the show uh we're going to start off let's get straight into it uh this is something that's happening uh which i think is very significant the strap line is they lied uh vaccine mandates for queensland police and ambulance have been ruled unlawful uh this week's supreme court decision has found in a bombshell decision what do you make of this one is it about time uh, is it too little too late what do you make of this based on your own experience of these uh, mandates uh yeah definitely too little too late um and long overdue um yeah really really close to my heart my wife is a nurse in the uk uh, and we actually had this mandate brought in, but it was revoked or it was about 10 days before. I think it, it had to be, you had to be double jabbed by, or it had to have to be first jabbed by April something, 21. Yep. yep. And uh, yeah, it was revoked about 10 days before. And like I say, really close to us. We was literally preparing to lose our house because she wasn't going to have it. And that was it. Um Interestingly, as well, anyone in the UK knows the um, Nursing and Midwifery um, Council, which is the union for nurses, they wasn't interested. They just told their members, go and get it. Um, there was only one small independent union that was fighting the corner of um, people. Uh, it only seemed to change when we went on a large protest in London, which was estimated at 200,000 uh, NHS staff because it wasn't just doctors and nurses it was also dentists dental nurses porters it was anyone patient facing in the healthcare industry um yeah so we we were really close to she was really close to losing not just her job her whole career it's worth a, I think it's worth an honourable shout out as well, Paul. I remember that uh, vividly. Uh, they, they, there was around about a hundred thousand NHS workers could have ended up, uh, you know, losing their jobs if they didn't take this. The NHS couldn't possibly have taken that hit at the time they rescinded yeah. on it, but not so much. For care home workers, I can remember back in November, uh, just the previous yeah. year, there was something like 60,000 care home workers yeah. lost their jobs yeah. because they, they refused to bow the knee and take these jobs. No one ever talks about them anymore, do they? No, they went through with that. And I actually, I've got experience of that as well, because mm -hmm. there was a barmaid in our local pub uh, who worked part time there. She was a care home staff. And she said that everyone on the floor, it was a multi-level care home. Everyone was losing their job. And she says, I don't really care. She said, it's not a great job anyway. So, mm -hmm. and that is a massive shortage in the UK, of care home staff, because most of them have found better jobs that are better paid and they're not even interested in going back. But yeah, that's uh, a lot of people think the UK never went through with a, a vaccine mandate, but they went through with it for care mm -hmm. home and the very, very close with the healthcare workers. 
Yeah, no, but you had experience as I, well, not uh, with yeah. your uh, previous job before you came to TNT. Tell us about that too, because this ties in. Uh, it wasn't yeah. jabbing; it was face mask wearing, and you were working well, with uh, special needs. Yeah, kids I was. I was working with special ways. needs kids, and uh, they they hadn't got to the point of saying I needed it, but the coercion was terrible. You know, I was the only one not wearing a mask. I was brought in to a special meeting, being told you need to get the jab. You're never going to be able to go on holiday. I'm thinking. I, I was like, I remember telling them, well. I don't care if I never go on holiday. It's absolutely my choice. Yeah. I gave my notice in in the end. But I just wanted to give a massive shout out to people like Paul's wife because I actually think, and I've said this uh, to Paul before, that I think it was the turning point uh, because you've got Canada that were able to push through these mandates. Uh, but people uh, like um, Anna who stood up, you know, it makes such a difference because that was the turning point in this country for things to turn around. If all of those NHF staff, doctors, nurses, dentists have all had the jab, the next people would have been us. It would have been rolled out the mandate to everybody else. And it was because yeah. of those NHS staff and yeah. their standing up to that mandate that meant all of those COVID restrictions didn't didn't carry on here. And that had a massive lot, you know, uh, effect on the whole western world so there's a we've got to say a massive thank you to all mm -hmm. of those staff who you know who had the guts to stand up and were prepared to lose their job and and as is happening in um australia now it you know they have declared it unlawful um as they yep. should have done and uh yeah i hope it will set a precedent but i'm i fear it will be put under you know swept under the carpet um and try to be covered up mm. yeah yeah, I'll tell you yeah, something else as well. We went, we went on a, a protest at our local hospital um, and Charlotte Wright came, which was really good because we had her standing there. And a nurse told me that no one in maternity was going to have it. And she said to me, if, we, if this goes through the maternity at this hospital, which serves a massive area where I live, she said it will close because the whole floor won't have it. And you know what? I always said to people, doesn't that make you ask questions if they won't yeah. have it and they're willing to lose their career? The, the alarm bell must be ringing, yeah. surely. Yeah. yeah. And, and the other thing go. is, too, doesn't, doesn't it highlight, Paul, does it not highlight the importance of mass non-compliance? If one uh, yes. worker or had have said, well, I'm not taking it and everybody else had, then we wouldn't have got this result. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, Definitely. if everybody had 99% of people or 90% of people had agreed with it, 10% then we need the numbers. We need the numbers. And the one thing we're drilling into people's heads and we have done right from the start is we don't need violence. We don't need to destroy any properties. We don't need to get physical with anyone. No. We just need to say no. Just say no. And we need to say no in firmness just and with that. authority and in numbers we need the numbers and i think it's great to hear that story especially coming from your own personal uh perspective yeah. as well because we did see them backing down in this otherwise it could have been an absolute disaster yeah all the healthcare workers i met as well including my wife they all said if they go through with it and then they revoked it in the future they would never go back to that industry if they get pushed out then that's it they'll go and do something mm -hmm. else but, um, uh, just, in, I, ju yeah. just in closing, because we've got to take a little news break, uh, there's a guy coming on, uh, locked and loaded in the next star. His name's uh, John Larder. He's an ex-paramedic uh, from New South Wales. He he was in the same position. He lost his job because of vaccine mandates too. Uh, he's the brother-in-law to uh, Stephen Kelly, who was my first ever guest on TNT, who was a cop with 30 years experience. He lost his job because of the vaccine mandates too. The, the destruction that this particular policy caused is unreal. Uh, and thankfully, yeah. uh, it didn't 
didn't come to your door. But Steve-O, uh, Stephen Kelly uh, could technically go back to his old job again. But I've asked him about this in the past. He said, never. I will never go yeah. back to those people again. Now he works for a, a solicitor's practice in Sydney and they're all of the same mind and they're fighting now to get justice for the people that were wrecked and ruined financially because of these uh, jobs. So I could talk. To, we could talk to you for an awful lot longer about this, mate, but uh, we've got to call time on it because we've got to take the headline yep. break. But massive thanks to you. And I know Thank you're you. going for a nice lunch uh, with an uh, an ex-young uh, offender uh, after the show today. <laughs> so I hope you really enjoy that one. And uh, yeah, just be careful. Just be careful. That's all I'm going to tell you. All right? You know what I'm talking about. Uh, so that's uh, Geezer Paul, a.k.a. Refusenik Paul. Lovely to see you. Have a great day. We'll be back after the headlines here on TNT. Don't go away. Good news, people. Now, TNT Radio News. Here, here is your headline. Matt Boyland here with a look at your TNT headlines. Following a period of increased tension, France is seemingly looking to thaw its diplomatic relations with Morocco. The longest-serving Senate leader in US history and arguably one of the most controversial has announced he's stepping down from the top job. And Hunter Biden, the son of US President Joe Biden, has testified behind closed doors as part of the Republican-led House's impeachment inquiry into his father. We're the pinup boys and poster girls for free speech. We just don't look as impressive as Vladimir Putin shirtless on a horse. Yeah. 24-7, 365, we never stop sifting fact from fiction, misinformation from the truth, from government overreach to the latest on mandates, big tech censorship to propaganda gone mad. Listen to TNT Radio and get the news and views direct from our expert presenters and commentators anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's News Talk, this is TNT Radio. Yes, uh, great to talk to Geezer Paul this morning and uh, we have James Goddard. We're just waiting to connect with him as well. He's going to be talking to us about broken Britain. Natalie, just while we're waiting for him to connect, I have a story about broken Ireland here. This is unbelievable. Uh, in Rialto in Dublin, a son killed his father, right? That's, you know, pretty bad. But since last Tuesday, he's been chopping him up into little pieces and dumping him in a wheelie bin, okay? And the only way this guy was found out was his next door neighbor's uh, doorbell circle camera, whatever they're called, uh, ring, ring camera. He looked up and said, hang on, I'm being caught on camera disposing of my uh, dissected dad. So he went up and smashed the doorbell camera, which then alerted the neighbor to phone the police. And then the police came to the house and found what was left of this guy's dad. And that's bad enough in and of itself. But you know what? The comments threads under these things. This is a terrible story, by the way. Someone went on to Google Earth and looked up the address, and believe it or not, there was a police van parked outside it because they had a history of violence in that house. And someone else said, well, I hope he used the right recycling bin. He didn't dump him in general <laughs> household. He put him in the green bin uh, for uh, food material. Unbelievable uh, how crass people can be in such horrific circumstances. Oh, no. And far be it, far be it from us uh, to laugh about something so tragic, but it's awful, an awful story. But anyway, just thought yeah. we'd throw that one out there. 
uh, for you lovely listeners out there. I've seen it, so you've got to hear about it. But in the meantime, yeah. Nat, I'm going to chuck it over into yeah. you uh, to introduce our next James, uh, Yeah, guest. James Goddard is uh, with us now. Uh, follow him, remember, at James P. Goddard 90. Uh, very jealous because he's currently living in Thailand whilst I am here in Reading with my cough and my cold, and it's wet and miserable and cold. But there we go. Uh, I am jealous. And we were talking about Broken Island there, James, uh, 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 a man uh, chopping his uh, barber up uh, and putting him in the wrong bin and uh, uh, destroying a ring doorbell. But uh, Broken Britain, rising crime, there's been a stabbing, hasn't there, in Manchester? Um, Have you got any details about that? Yeah, it was on Monday evening. uh, A 14-year-old boy had gone to answer his front door in Leventon, which is an area of Manchester that's... uh, it's, it's not the nicest of areas. It's quite rough. Anyway, he's gone to answer his front door and a 15-year-old boy stabbed him. Um, a 15-year-old boy and a 41-year-old woman were arrested on suspicion of attempted murder. Um, and I think since then, it's the teenager that's been charged with it. But it's absolutely crazy because you think your house is a place of sanctuary where you're safe away from the, you know, away from the general public. And then you're answering your front door and you're getting a blade in your blade in you and getting rushed to hospital in a critical condition it's it's really scary quite frightening yeah and we've also heard i don't know if you uh, uh you must have heard about this one as well an elderly man was killed at london train station in an unprovoked and despicable attack he was out going to get his paper 87 years old i didn't even want to hear the gory details of this one i've got bristol knife crime two street gangs have been identified uh by the national crime agency two urban street gangs have been linked to uh, a rising crime there so we've got london we've got manchester we've got bristol it's happening everywhere isn't it James, uh, is there a rising crime or are we just hearing about it more now with 24 hour news? I definitely believe there's a rising crime. If you look at, especially, you know, if you look at the capital and the the violent crime wave that's occurred over there over the previous, uh, especially under Khan over the last five years, been horrendous. You've got people constantly getting stabbed. You've got gangs that are operating to steal Rolexes off of people's wrists. You had a big Met, uh, Met Police thing where they sent decoys out with fake Rolexes on um so yeah it's a problem but it's a problem that's been like it's all it's all been facilitated by tory britain and they focus on things that they don't need to focus on and then they allow serious crime like this to get completely out of control and they're focusing on pronouns and hate speech when we should be focusing on gangs and the problems that they're bringing into the communities yeah yeah, when i was thinking about it rick yeah you know back in back in the days of um like kind of in, in London and the craze, um, you know, when you had like, uh, they were basically controlling the crime, weren't they? The the craze yeah. were were mm-hmm. essentially doing the police's work for them. People were mm-hmm. squared at them, and 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 yes, there was violent crime, but people were scared uh, about what they would do. It's almost like it's coming back to those levels, but nobody's scared of any repercussions anymore. You know, they're not scared of the gangs, they're not scared mm-hmm. of anyone at the top level, and they're certainly not scared of the police. So, what's the answer moving forward? Well, you know, we don't advocate again. There's a lot of things yeah. we have to say we don't advocate for here. In yeah, I'm not advocating the craze either. Vigilante. Yeah, the, we don't want to see a resurgence of craze uh, style. But you know what? Peaky uh, you blinders know, you have style. To admit, 
they, they did keep their manners uh, under control, as in manor, not manners, as in table manners, manors, as in their patches. Uh, they kept yeah. it, they ran a tight ship there. Uh, you, you mentioned um, Sadiq Khan there, uh, James. There's a great post that was pulled up yesterday by uh, Lewis Brackpool, who's one of our uh, you know uh, contributors here on TNT. And this was from 2019. And back in 2019, an MP called Gareth Bacon challenged Sadiq Khan uh, with Metropolitan Statistics. Now, bearing in mind, this is four years ago. This is four years ago, and I think things have got infinitely worse over the last four years under Khan. But the, the words were, gun crime is up, robbery is up, knife crime is up, rip is up, taking motor vehicle offences is up, residential burglary is up, knife crime with injury is up, knife crime with injury and robbery is up. And do you, Sadiq Khan, honestly think that London is a safer place under you? And the answer Sadiq Khan gave was, yes, I do. Can you believe the audacity of that man, that little rogue? Yeah, but as long as you've got your gender neutral traffic lights and your safe spaces to walk along the streets whilst you get robbed of your Rolex, it's all cool, isn't it? But it's like Khan's record's truly horrendous as well. And not only that, if you look on his record of how he's failed London as well, but if you also look at the the things he was investigated about in the in the early 2010s with like links to representing jihadists and known Islamists, like the comments that Lee Anderson made are like a fair enough comments. But then that's been completely blown out of proportion as well. Like Britain is absolutely broken. You can't you can't accurately describe what's going on in the UK without fear of being arrested or branded the usual buzzwords and then cancelled by the state. It's it's, it's horrendous. What's it like in Thailand for you, by the way? Just let me ask you that question. You're over in Thailand uh, at the minute. You've been there for a while. Is it uh, noticeably different where you are at the minute versus, for example, the so-called refined, one of the main capital cities of the world, which is London? Yeah, like it's a lot quieter where I am. I don't really, I, I, I've not really seen any crime take place. I mean, I, I read things like in the Bangkok Post and whatnot, and I'm, I'm guessing every major city has problems with crime, but... Where I live in Hua Hin, it's it's full of old people. It's really just quiet. So it, it's nice to be able to escape for like a year and just compose yourself and, and like not worry about walking down the street and getting robbed or like or stabbed. I don't I, I don't have those fears in Thailand. I don't really get too involved in Thai politics because I'm a Farang and it's nothing to do with me. So I don't want to uh, I don't want to step on anyone's toes over here either. But it seems uh, like I said, it seems a lot safer than the UK. Yeah, you don't want to end up in the Hanoi Hilton. There's an infamous uh, prisoner of war camp called the Hanoi Hilton. I, I'm, I'm sure you don't want to end up there. So just, uh, you know, don't tell anyone that you're on TNT, whatever you do, and uh, you should be safe enough over there in Thailand. What do you think, Nat? Should he keep a low profile? Yeah, because we need him to keep coming back and yeah. talking to us on TNT, and we need him to get back and protest outside Parliament. Oh, yeah. So uh, keep yourself safe, that. James. Yeah. In June, uh, I'm coming back in June for a couple of weeks, and let's just say... If we pull it off, this it's going to go viral everywhere. Everyone's going to be Ooh. talking about it. That's the plan for two weeks in June. Trust me, it's it will get everyone talking. So that that's what I'm looking forward to. It's why I'm getting my rest in now, ready for these yeah. uh, two weeks of chaos. He's he's mm. preparing himself. So last time you were on, we talked about conscription. What about uh, conscripting people to come under the police? Because really, what we need are more police on the streets, right? We actually do need a funding to go into more police officers. 
that actually being seen on the streets, I am joking about conscription, by the way, but that really is what's needed in every, uh, you know, town and city. Don't, it, to stop crime happening, we just need actually bobbies on the beat, don't we? Because I don't see any in Reading. When I'm walking through Reading Town Centre, I cannot remember the last time I saw a policeman. It, wouldn't that be the, the, the simple answer, at least to start with, James? It, no, because it depends, though, because the current the current standards of policing have slipped dramatically over the yeah. years. Like they're, they're even they're stopping bleep tests for women as well. Like and it's like fitness tests as well. So like if, if they're going to employ more police, then they've got to get rid of the guidance that's being issued to the sergeants yeah. by organizations like Stonewall, because they're, they're, what they're doing is they're forcing police to arrest people based on what they think, as opposed to the law. And like. The last yes. thing we need is thousands more woke officers going around, you know, like, it, no, yeah, if we're going to get more police, they need to be trained to a higher standard. Sorry, my toddler's <laughs> in the background climbing all over the furniture. Oh, oh bless you. Uh, you'll have to go soon. I just imagined uh, me and Rick, who aren't the fittest of people, we can no. be police people trying to run after teenagers. That's the, that's the image I've got in our head. So, yeah, uh, Brilliant, James. We are uh, looking forward to talking to you again and looking forward to it. You go to take your toddler before your toddler. We don't, we don't want to be responsible here on TNT uh, for anything bad happening to your children. And we look forward to speaking to you again and you coming back uh, to the UK. Yeah, see you soon. And we'll see you soon. And uh, we've got more stories to cover here at today's News Talk after the break. De-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective. Scientists are freaking out over how warm the ocean has gotten. They should freak out. You know why? because it's proof that it cannot be man-made. CO2 back radiation only penetrates the top millimeter or two of the oceans. So what's warming the ocean? Well, if you've been listening and following some of my writings, it appears logical and appears obvious that this has to be natural, specifically geothermally driven. Now, there are some other arguments out there. The solar people say because of the reduction of incoming rays that could be affecting the cloud cover. However, as a meteorologist, I could tell you why there's less cloud cover over the tropics. If it warms, and it's going to be distorted warming because of what we call the thermal halion circulation, if it warms more away from the equator than around the equator, it affects the vertical velocity patterns, which lessen the upward motion over the tropical oceans. And guess what happens? You have less clouds. Now, I'm not going to get into argument with my solar friends. I will tell you this. Those scientists that are panicking over how warm the ocean is getting should be panicking because it means that they can't possibly be right as to the cause and their gravy train should come to an end. I'd be panicking too. This is TNT Climate and Weather Watchdog Meteorologist Joe Bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you've got. From weather and traffic reports, to news of political developments. We turn to journalists for the information we need to live our daily lives. Journalists around the world provide the news that is essential for democracy, for personal freedom, and for safety and stability. Yet their ability to report freely and safely is under attack like never before. So many journalists are paying with their lives. They faced exponential risks and they've already paid a heavy toll. Death threats, online harassment, and physical attacks are becoming a daily experience of journalists in all countries. 
We just want people to be safe, to be able to get our readers the information that they need to make informed decisions. They checked my phone and realized that it was Pegasus. I feel myself like I'm naked at the street. These charges were politicized from the start. Facts win. Truth wins. Justice wins. C'est énorme pour moi d'être là, d'être libre. Surtout que je m'y attendais pas du tout. Stand with the free press. Stand with journalists whose reporting won't be silenced. Press freedom is your freedom. The choice is between normal, Natalie Cheel, or crazy. Rick Munn on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Yeah, we're going to rechange that little jingle between normal and crazy or between nasty and crazy because I think yeah. someone's going to get nasty in 2024. But yeah, we'll keep that one under review as the year goes by. Natalie, uh, yeah, oh, by the way, I almost forgot. Silly me. Uh, the lines are open. Uh, this is open line. So you've got 13 minutes. Uh, if there's something burning a hole in your heart, as per right now, or you want to get something off your chest or you want to just talk, the Natalie are you just want to talk period, and have people listen to you, please give us a call. The numbers are on our website, which is tntradio.live. There's a number for Australia and New Zealand. There's a number for America, and there's a number for the UK. And I understand those calls are free. We're not even going to charge you for the privilege of talking to Natalie and I. So it's up to you. We threw that one over your way. But either way, Natalie and I still have plenty uh, to talk about. I suppose... Um, you know, we could, we're going to use this one as a kickoff story here today before we deviate it a little bit. Why not? Why not? This is crazy. Wendy's fast food outlet in America is to test. I love the, I love the terminology here. Surge pricing, surge pricing using, quote, high tech menu boards that change in real time. What does that mean in plain English? Well, this is what it means. When you go into Wendy's and you're in your queue for your burger and fries, by the time you reach the, the, the counter, the price could have changed in real time. It could have got a little bit more expensive or it could have got a little bit cheaper. So Natalie could be in front of me in the queue and pay $5 for her burger and fries. And by the time I get to the, the, the checkout, it could be $4.50. But it's really being done to monitor uh, off-peak eating so the cheaper the food is when it's off peak and effectively people are complaining now saying well this is penalizing people who are maybe broke they can't choose when they want to eat why should they have to pay more money or get a premium if they come in at 11 o'clock at night to get their dinner for example or four o'clock in the morning not late to get their breakfast it's a little bit but they're doing it they're actually ruling this out as a pilot well, whilst I first read this uh, headline when you sent it to me, first of all, I, you know, it made me laugh. And then actually the seriousness of it, uh, yeah. as I read the article, came in. It says, during a recent investigation, CEO of uh, Wendy's will invest $20 million on these high-tech menu boards. So they're going to be digital. So when you go into Wendy's, it'll all be uh, as you are in McDonald's now. You won't be going up to a person. You'll be de- you'll be ordering your food on the digital board that could change minute by minute. Of course, it penalises people that work because people that work need to buy their breakfast before they go to work. People that work mm-hmm. need to buy their lunch and lunch hours and people mm-hmm. that work need to buy their dinner after they work. So first of all, you're penalising all the people that actually go out and work for a living. But what's more worrying is if it works, 
this will be set up everywhere. It won't just be mm. Wendy's. So that this is the, where the seriousness comes in. It goes towards a social credit system. You know, this idea of any shop having no fitted, you know, fixed price that you'd be able to go in. It changes at any given point, depending on the day, depending on the time. How much power does that give to companies? You know, I, I, it makes me uh, feel very uncomfortable. It's very dystopian. It's very like a uh, uh, demolition man like mm-hmm. um all i can hope is that wendy's lose their 20 million uh they they lose their customers and it doesn't work because god forbid it does work i do believe it will be put to every fast food place in america and soon to come then to the uk and we have talked about <laughs> demolition man in the past they think it's taco bell is the only surviving uh, just- fast food could this be uh, paving the way for Demolition Man to come into reality? The Wendy's yeah. customers will Maybe be it's disgusted and they'll say, stuff yeah. that, stuff Wendy's. There's a Taco Bell just across the road. I'm going to have me a taco instead of a burger. And maybe old Sylvester Stallone got it right all those decades ago and Taco Bell will end up dominating the world fast food market. But certainly, uh, if this is one way to lose your customers, uh, this could be it. it. Could be or this. then again, it- Natalie, or are people so... I don't know. Uh, it's beaten down and, and I think conditioned people are, to accept abuse that they'll continue to go there anyway. You know, I had a lot of respect for Gemma at the start of the show when she said she hadn't had any junk food in 20 years. Unfortunately, I've struggled in my life a lot. And the more I struggle, the more stupid decisions you make. Mm. So, you know, when you're so tired and like sometimes when I've been on a journey and I go mm. to a Burger King in the service station and it's put the prices up by another fiver. And in the end, you just think, you know, I'm so tired and I need to eat and I'm just going to spend yeah, yeah. £10 on a burger that I hate. You know, that kind of thing. I can imagine there's too many people doing that. You know, there's too many people that are working stupid hours and they haven't got time to get somewhere and they're going to still go to Wendy's and pay the more expensive prices. And and I and I fear I fear that this will work, and then McDonald's will pick up on it. And once McDonald's picks up on it, it will mm-hmm. it will just go out as a normal yeah. thing everywhere. So we're like just hoping norm. Wendy's fail. We're hoping you fail yeah. miserably, is yeah. what I'm saying. We think your idea is terrible, and uh, it penalises people. It's discriminatory. So no, I don't like your digital ID boards that change price. So let's uh, hope no. that doesn't carry on. And we do have, or not we, because we don't eat in Wendy's. I don't think there's any Wendy's in the UK, there's, uh, there's one in, in uh, there is Reading. Oh, is there? There's one in Reading, All yeah. Right. Well, we, we don't have them in Northern Ireland, yep. as far as I know. I've never yep. seen one, but what I mean is, we, as in the consumers, have the power to knock this on the head if enough people say no. A bit like what uh, yep. Geezer Paul was saying, you know, a hundred thousand workers said, We're not having this. An entire maternity unit would have closed down if they uh, had have refused to take the job and been forced to do it. And you have to put people in that position, or in this case, it's Wendy's, where they have to back down because literally, if no one's coming in through the door, Natalie, on the day one of them rolling it out, I guarantee you by day two or yep. day three, this will be scrapped. But for as long That's- as people will come in, and as you've perfectly described, I'm tired. I don't really want this, but I just, I need some food and I know I shouldn't be doing it, but I'm going to do it anyway. They're preying on that mindset and they're preying they on are. people's, uh, you know, vulnerability. They're, and they're, of they course, are. they've done the research in this one too. That's what, uh, that, that's what junk food does that, you know, it preys on vulnerable people who, 
for for various reasons, uh, you know, whether it be education, whether it be time, whether it be money, uh, end up uh, being too exhausted to go and do that. Uh, so uh, yeah, let's just hope not. We'll keep we'll keep you updated. I might even pop into the Wendy's next time in Rome in Reading just to see how how it's working there. But I won't be buying anything because I'm not buying no. junk food at the moment, and I'm and I'm being healthy. And I'm very close to doing my first pull up or uh, chin up or whatever it is. So close. So uh, no junk food for me. I've got to stay on uh, being healthy. But I did see a pattern that I wanted uh, to point out. This one I find really important. Being autistic and having to analyze the news for my uh, for for this job for being on open line. Um, I do tend to uh, pick up patterns that happen in the mainstream media, and and one is uh, they are coming out and openly admitting the government to uh, compensation schemes and the fact that they're not paying them and they need to be sped up. So first of all, they release the post office scandal. We then heard last week, uh, two weeks ago, about the mesh scandal. We then heard mm -hmm. about the epilepsy drug scandal. Every single one of these, the government are admitting there now has been a scandal that does need to be compensation and they're not paying it up in time. We've now got a fourth one, Rick. When that's no coincidence, as I said, nothing coincidence happens in in the mainstream media. Rishi Sunak now says the government is speeding up a compensation scheme for infected blood victims. Uh, so this happened in the seventies and eighties. As many six thousand people um, with uh, bleeding disorders were tested, and and products were contaminated with HIV and hepatitis. So another scandal uh, where it's regarded as the worst scandal in the history of the NHS. Almost the same wording used as the worst scandal for the post office why now why are they putting these in the mainstream media why is it to distract from other things that are happening or are they almost you know preparing us for more compensation schemes possibly that might have to come out with covid because they know that's going to happen nothing happens for coincidence rick so i just wanted your really your ideas on why suddenly we're seeing so many of these stories now being highlighted i don't know if you've ever played that game whack-a-mole uh, in the arcades you know you get a little plastic mallet and there's a little uh you know mole field where these little things pop out out of the holes and you have to have your wits about you and bash a mole and then when he gets bashed in somebody pops up and you're you're all over the place yeah. and they, they get faster and faster and eventually you yeah. can't keep up with them this is uh what we're doing at the minute natalie is almost like a game of media whack-a-mole uh, another analogy i'm thinking of is plate spinning if you ever see those circus acts where they have these little sticks with plates on top they spin them but they have to keep running from plate to plate and keep Keep them in motion otherwise they fall down and they smash and that's incredibly stressful and because you're always looking around to see what needs to be looked at and you're darting from place to place i think we're being bombarded at the minute with just so much information on so yeah. many fronts in so many countries and so many areas I think this is the media equivalent of whack-a-mole. It's to, to, to confuse people. Uh, it's to put people on edge. It's to get people to be super cynical, uh, to not believe everything they're told or to disbelieve everything they're told. There doesn't seem to be a middle ground anymore, don't you find? Because at the beginning, remember, it was question everything, question everything. That was a good thing. But now some people have gone too far the other way. They're disbelieving everything and they think everything's a lie and other people think everything's the truth. I think we need to find that middle I, ground. I wonder as well if it's to desensitize and mm -hmm. normalize scandals as well. Mm -hmm. Like 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 we're just hearing oh, one scandal after the uh, after the other. Um can you can you still hear me, Rick? 
I can hear you now. Yeah, you, yeah, you, 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 yeah. Your voice uh, suddenly women. Yeah, but it's to normalise these things. If you keep saying, "Oh, one scandal, the next week, the next week," in the end, you know what? But you remember how people's minds were. Oh, mm-hmm. I can't bother to hear about it anymore. So mm-hmm. by the time this big COVID one comes out and the and and about the vaccines and stuff, that's what I do wonder. And um, there was something that I shared on. Um, X, which says we are drowning in information while starving for wisdom. And uh, that seems to be uh, kind of uh, rounds up what you were saying about this bombardment of, of whack-a-mole type cases. Uh, with, they're just giving us so much information. It's so hard to keep up for the average person with what's going on. And I think they're just kind of not listening anymore. It's almost like, you know, when people go, la, 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 stick in my ears. I don't want to hear anymore. That's what I feel like a lot of the general public are doing. It's just too much doom and gloom. It is. And here's the thing. We should, I believe, of course, we should keep abreast of what's happening in the world in general, but we need to be really, really selfish with our time. And I think we've come to that realization ourselves on a personal level. You know, a lot of the stuff that people want to delve into in great depth, if that's your thing, and if that gives you enjoyment and brings you pleasure, then crack on with it. But most of it, let's face it, is completely unprofitable. And you see people arguing and debating things that really have no profit in the everyday world. It's better to just live in the moment moment uh, be aware of your surroundings but always understand that what's happening in your world your world is more important than what's happening in the the wider world in general so you have to be a little bit selfish but at the same time conscious of everything that's going on so we're just trying to strike that balance here uh, with ourselves and obviously what's going on in uh, tnt as well now we are and uh we're, the music is on so we're uh, nearly coming to an end uh try go not buy any poison junk food i think that's the message for the day it's no good for you uh, i will be back tomorrow at 9 a.m um and uh, carry on listening to rick at looked and loaded i have been natalie chill this has been open line and there's only one more thing to say before i go bye bye